Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And welcome to the Pick and Row Show, where a weekly podcast is available on iTunes, Acast, Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast. So if you haven't done so yet, please take the time to rate, review, subscribe, tell everyone about it. You already know the routine. I tell you guys every, every week to do the to do these things to help our podcast. <clears throat> and those of you who have been following our podcast, we really, really appreciate it. And thank you for your continued support. Without you guys, we couldn't do this podcast. And... Um, we couldn't grow and be one of these top performing podcasts out there. Now, also on social media, we are available. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at Pick and Row Show. The Periscope we haven't done in quite some time, which is uh, very rare for us. Every episode, we tend to do little live broadcasts. Sorry to disappoint you if you are a Periscope follower, but there's more coming. So, um, yeah. That's pretty much all the social media. You know what? We do have a Snapchat, uh, Pick and Row Show there as well. Uh, we haven't done too many snaps there, but uh, we do have a Snapchat. Yeah. All right, so no song of the week this week. I'm just going to dive right in and tell you what we have lined up for our show today. So this week's guest was Maximus Groves from the Comcastro podcast. Um, been listening to his podcast since we started our podcasting. Um there's there's other podcast shows that I listen to, but this was one of the ones that I found and I thought it was really awesome. So I reached out to him. We kept in touch, and I was really glad that he came on the show. Um, we talk about his, uh, what got him into podcasting and how we kind of started the podcasting. We started talking about some entertainment, favorite TV shows, favorite movies, or not our favorite movies, but movies that we enjoyed, um, and all kinds of other stuff. How it is in Atlanta, where it is, how it is here in San Antonio. We even dive in a little bit to what we think, <clears throat> who we think is going to win the presidency. Nothing big, nothing major. We actually make a few laughs out of it. Um, just having fun. Three guys, you know, who do a podcast, who enjoy doing the podcasting, um, who are in the podcast world, having fun, BSing, talking about all the things that like what guys talk about, because that's what we talk about here on Pick and Roll, right? That's what we tell you guys that we do. <laughs> so it's three guys just BSing, having a blast. And without further ado, we'll go right to it, and uh, we hope you enjoy the show, and hope you have a great week, and uh, we'll catch you on the other end. Enjoy. And now, let's roll with the show. Fuck yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Motherfucking yeah. <laughs> what we got in the studio today will be a remote via one. remote. One Maximus Groves from Viva Com Castro. Maximus Groves. Hello, everyone. Gentlemen. Yes, sir. How you doing today? Wonderful. Very, Great. Very fun to be out in the rest of the podcasting domain. The virtual world. <laughs> this world that we social are. Social media. Pretty much. Technology, technological whatnot. Yes. You're only as powerful as your network, my friends. And that then is true. true. So yeah. You reach into every domain until you can build your own field of glorious <laughs> followers to <laughs> make Follow. a career out of popularity on Twitter. Right. <laughs> yeah. Very much so. That's, yeah. all, that's all it is, man. Yeah. 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 For sure. Well, um, for those of you who haven't, uh, Maximus runs a podcast called Viva Com Castro. Uh, got about ep- 80 episodes. Uh, great podcasting. Uh, Max, tell us a little bit about yourself. I mean, well, I don't even, we'll go into the sports talk if you like sports. I'm not too sure. <laughs> um, sports is a good one. Um, so I, I graduated from Georgia Tech. So sports is a very, um, oh, Georgia not so much Tech. sensitive, but it's like every moment you start believing again, they break your heart. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a small school though but you know uh, well comparatively but like still yeah. they're in a they're in a weird place where like like every year it's them versus duke and they call it the academic bowl right yeah yeah i mean yeah. Georgia Tech's one of those schools you know yeah, but georgia tech he's the one winning the orange bowl one one year and then did, were they even bowl eligible this year so like i stopped caring because no. you, can't, you can't put your heart in too much you know no, no. but they've I also mean, lost to duke like four years in a row so it's oh like, man everybody does that though i mean duke is duke. They, they always get that you always get the one right where you just yeah. kind of give it up right? <laughs> yeah that was uh that was mark rick's problem right yeah <laughs> yeah very much so are you from georgia or yeah yeah um whole life i was one of those um georgia's a funny place like uh it's not quite as pronounced as alabama where you'll have like complete southern backwardness and NASA (laughs) directly next to each other in huntsville but like i was one of those like suburban kids kind of like insulated from real southern uh twangy oh okay yeah i don't don't hear much georgia not too much man I've got friends in Georgia and Atlanta, and I have two uh, sisters in Stone Mountain. So, and all okay, their, so you, their you've, uh, you've seen both sides. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's yeah. a dichotomy, Stone Mountain to Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I've been around. I've been in, uh, so I'm from uh, Cincinnati or from Columbus, Ohio, but I live in Cincinnati, so that's not too far from where I grew up. So right. we traveled to Atlanta a lot back in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s and on. It's a really unique thing to have a racist mountain. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I got pictures of that. I'm like, wow. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's special to be able to get that far. You know, that's just yeah. the mountain itself. You know, it's just uh, the symbol of yeah, yeah. Of, uh, a lot of stuff, and <laughs> a lot of monuments. That I'm like, hmm, yeah. question and stuff, and yeah, very interesting. Well, that's that's the uh, it's the funny part of all all. You guys probably don't want to hear about Georgia politics, but it all boils down to the state legislature of, you know, old, you know, grew up in Georgia, old timey Georgia style. And then the Atlanta city going, guys, let's be a let's be a thing. You know, come on, let's 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 be a let's be a southern New York. And they're like, now we're good. We're we're farmers. Never mind. Fuck that. (laughs) Right. Right. Huh. Interesting. Pretty cool. Well, right. Well, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, Max. Other sure, than man. the Georgia Tech stuff, um, 
So, uh, like I said, it was Georgia Tech earlier that there's definitely a high uh, sort of bias from having a technology background. So that was definitely the sort of the joke behind the name Comcastro, right? Right. Uh, it's, it's like a, I've actually, um, I've been I was talking to a friend. He, he asked me if I was looking for a job. And he's like, yeah, we're filling positions over here for places at uh, T-Mobile. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if they're going to be cool with my like protest of telecommunications that I do <laughs> weekly. But we'll see, you know. Hey, no. send him a resume. We'll see how it works. Be anonymous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, man, it's like this kind of shit's a lot of work. I mean, so uh, I totally advertise in my professional career that it's, you know, technical meets, I don't know, business organizations. You guys, uh, you guys uh, put that shit on your careers? Most definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Rick and Poe show. Faux show. Yep. Faux show. Faux show. Faux show. Yeah. So, and, and so Comcastro, how did, how did it get started, Max? Um, I suppose the very first moment was a um, was a joke from Matt Queen to me, where he said, where he joked that if now that they're trying to ease the borders between U.S. and Cuba, that if um, Comcast becomes the company to develop their uh, infrastructure that has been lagging behind, that we should refer to them now on as Comcastro. Got it. Yeah. And. <laughs> And somehow, like that was such a stimulating name to me, and so much so that I was like, "No, I want to, I want to base the rest of my, you know, professional public-facing career on this entire term." <laughs> and hence the name, Viva right, Cash right. right. I get it. I yeah. get it. But it's um, you know, it's uh, it's more or less a mix of um, I guess maybe jokes that are too smart and a general anti-media attitude. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, I think they know already. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you're, we're the first one. You're the first ones to do it. So, uh-huh. um, you know, it's, it's the establishment. So, Well, it is. Um, I am so glad that um, they're building a new Brave Stadium down here to bring it back oh, really? to sports a little bit, and uh, which has been a giant fiasco the whole time. Mm. But the business park that they're building for the stadium is going to house the new corporate headquarters of Comcast. Oh, oh wow! Wow! So, okay. so we're very excited to welcome them to the Atlanta community. <laughs> we'll send them. A, we'll send them a box of cigars, you know, a nice welcome yeah. basket. Yeah. And then uh, every now and then we'll just stop in to be like, "Hey guys, we just thought we'd want to share some, you know, customer concerns." But you know, that'll that'll be. You know, we'll see how that happens. Right. Right. Give it time. <laughs> Give it time you know. <laughs> For the uh, so you've you've done about eighty episodes, and right now the show's on hiatus. Um, some of, you've had great guests. Yeah. Um, the, I mean, we were talking earlier, and I was talking about the Roger Craig Smith episode. That was great. Um, any big surprises for the new season coming out, or you can't kiss and tell? Um, well, uh, I, can t- I can tell you that uh, the first one we're going to release, which is going to come uh, very early in February, it's going to be with Amber Nash. Oh, yeah, from Archer. Yeah, yeah. She voices the character Pam in Archer. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She... Um, she has been a part of the improv theater uh, here in Atlanta called Dad's Garage forever. And uh, they actually have had huge success recently. They ran like the biggest, it was like the biggest independent theater Kickstarter ever hmm. or something. And we're able to buy an old ch- church in one of the um, developing parts of town. And now I've got like a permanent home going and we're, and I'm taking like acting classes with them and shit. So it's been oh, wow. fun. It's been fun. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. It's real good. And uh, who else? There's Amber. Um, 
probably in the same week we're gonna be we'll talk to michelle mahone she or we'll publish the one with michelle mahone she i hope i'm pronouncing that right oh my god michelle mahone or mahone <laughs> god fucking damn it. Um, fucking max come on man yeah i know i know i'm so professional yeah, <laughs> absolutely committed to the craft here but uh she she hosted um she hosted an espn series on uh esports yeah. called your name um, sounds familiar I'm trying, oh yeah, yeah i think i was about though i, I think, think it was mahone it's like King of the Dorm or something like that, an ESPN esports um, tournament, and also had done the coverage for Directv at BlizzCon, and she also is uh, does pieces for the Nerdist and uh, voice acts in the game Hearthstone. So nice, yeah, mm. very charming woman. Um, very cool, really man. Really interesting story, uh, and everyone, you know, and we're just we're just so privileged of people lending lending their voices to uh, the show, and we're just really excited to talk, you know with really fun people yeah and you you really you ask those um good questions where you kind of put them on the spot most of the time and they kind of have a they kind of almost get clueless with it or they kind of throw something (laughs) back with you i guess to kind of answer it you know like i'll say like i'm not trying to be a gotcha fake journalist you know but um well it's it's like uh I said our show is like media protest, right? It's like it right. boils down to that. how mu- how much of the world is bullshit, you know? Uh, yeah. How much how much do people think is bullshit, and how much is just you know being nice? And right, the, the irony is trying to interact in a bullshit world to talk about the bullshit about it to be nice to people, then invite them to talk about bullshit while being nice in the meantime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bullshit, man. It is. It sure is. And it, it definitely is. It's well, hard to just sift through all that stuff too. Uh-huh. Uh, that was, I love how that became the ultimate thesis of John Stewart's tenure at the daily show. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. He did. Yeah. All, it was all, it was all BS and yeah. sarcasm, but which, I mean, that's John Stewart's thing. A great, great guy. Funny show. I mean, I enjoy his show. So well, I do uh, that. it well, was like, yeah. I, I, I went through college at like the dawn of like, that through that right like 2001 turned john stewart from you know silly comic guy into like the voice <laughs> to like mark twain right? yeah like it was a uh, it was very formative for me and absolutely inspiration for you know what i value from you know discourse in the media and so yeah yeah what do you think about uh bill maher bill maher's bill maher's pretty interesting guy you know he, uh, he's like, you got, you guys realize he's anti-vax. Did you guys know that? Anti-what? Anti-vax? Anti-vaccination. Oh, is he? He's, yeah. I mean, I don't agree with everything he says, but I, I do like his viewpoints though. Totally. Some of the things, um, so. When it comes to calling bullshit where he sees it, he's an absolute hero. Yeah. And yeah. a lot of the times I want to call bullshit on his perspective, but yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's yeah. What's great about you know. uh, opinions, you know, yeah. we can all be assholes. Right. I mean, you know, call me, I, I'm fine with that. Um, Cause you make you think about it, but yeah, he, he I don't agree with any, any with anybody in any, everything that everybody says anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> but I like to hear it though, for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is uh, it's very popular in, um, it's, it's very popular in atheist groups to basically say that, uh, just because you're religious is what's made these decisions evil. And, right. I, and I think that's right. like a kind of a short shortcut into yeah. Yeah. scapegoating, like the problem. Right. But right. Uh, aside from that, um, guy's got an amazing program, uh, 
good conversations and uh is i think i think doing more good than harm so i think so yeah yeah i think so. i I, I, I aspire to do the same someday yeah yeah i, I enjoy his uh commentary and it's, it's pretty it's pretty well written too so oh yeah dude's a fantastic comedian yeah <laughs> <laughs> from that side he's freaking wonderful yeah i will concur with you gentlemen um so out there in georgia max just curious um what what's it been like so far with the new year i know here in texas it's been kind of a crazy interesting thing yeah, with the yeah, open carry yeah, you guys have open carry there or man so like the past couple of years georgia has been all about trying to add rights to the to extend the rights of gun holders for access to their weapons and being able to take them to churches, to bars, to schools, things like that, you know, maybe not schools. That's, that's more, that's a lot. Yeah. But, uh, um, open carry hasn't really gotten there yet. I don't think for us, I'm not sure. How is it in Texas for that? How's it, how's the deal? Uh, I haven't seen anything yet. Uh, I'm sure it's going to happen soon. Yeah. Um, I'm a license carry anyway. I, I think I have reciprocity in Georgia as well. I think I'm pretty sure I do. Um, I have a, I have a Florida license, so I get reciprocity in a lot of states. Oh, I, I can tell um, you that most people—I mean, well, you, most people want to keep their guns, or they're afraid they're going to take their guns, and they're all about getting their guns. Yeah, I don't want anybody taking mine. Yeah, I'm keeping mine. No, I know yeah. you are. Pull up from my cold, dead hand. Right? <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, I mean, I mean, but I'm, 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 I'm not stupid with it, you know. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a funny thing because, like, I think. This is a funny time because there's there's this thought of safety, right? Right. And like I think a lot of gun holders like just the idea of being able to defend themselves, and like this is a very strong value that they have. And like personally, I don't own one, but I live in downtown Atlanta, so it might be smart to do that. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you, know? you might want to get that. Um, but it's like you, you can cherry pick any story to benefit aside you know that's true like so right now we've got there have been stories in the last four years of what seems to be random developments of new uh, gang activity usually in the summer where like someone will just randomly be stopped in the street they will give up their wallet and then still murdered you know yeah and and then on the other side there's a story of we, we have a we have a beloved landmark in atlanta called the murder kroger Oh wow, the murder Kroger. The murder Kroger. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've, yeah. I, I, we had some of those. We had some of those growing up in uh, where I grew up in Columbus and Cincinnati. So, mm-hmm. gotcha. I, I, well, I get it. Well, the murder Kroger had gone murder free for maybe ten to twenty years. Like it, had, oh. it, was, it, was, it was having a good record. All right, wow. and then this they is like, long street. yeah, and then they redeveloped. Um, they redeveloped like the area in this massive uh, public works works project called the Atlanta Beltline, which is an amazing effort of uh, federal grant money it's a little bit but it's really more um unused previous railroad track territory and to try to okay yeah what is trying to take um more or less abandoned pieces and then turn it into more community oriented and so one example was like the biggest vacant building in the country oh that that might be wrong but i'm just gonna say it anyway you guys we can fact check later but one of the biggest right. <laughs> vacant buildings was the um city hall east atlanta and they redeveloped that into luxury condos which you know is its own thing but it was it was old an old building that was unused that is now s- still holding to its legacy and not a music venue torn down to put up shitty condos you know like and right and like that 
I'm getting away from the murder Kroger a little bit as I talk about this, but essentially (laughs) it was a giant investment in order to try to bring new life to the area. And as that was happening, they took the murder Kroger and reinvested a shitload from Kroger corporate, made it a real nice Kroger, like one of the nicest ones in town. And then suddenly new murder in the parking lot. Like happened like uh, probably six months ago, brand new one. And like the details on it now is that he was actually murdered with his own gun. Jeez. He killed himself or somebody took his gun. Uh, like the guy was jacking his car. He tries to stop him because it must have been parked or something and ends up shooting the and the guy stealing the car ends up shooting the guy. And it was with the gun owner's gun, which was left in the car. Wow. Was it uh, what was the uh, ethnicities of these two people? I think it was a white and black guy. Um, okay. It's, you know, like. <clears throat> It's funny. You guys are in Texas, so you probably see it, but it's like, it's really funny how touchy people get about race, particularly in places <laughs> where, particularly in places where there's not that much diversity in the first place, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, if you start speaking as if there is difference between races, then people get like, people get uncomfortable if they don't have friends of different races, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. I agree. Uh, yeah. It's a it's a funny thing, you know. It's like uh, I remember there's a very very nice school called Savannah College of Art and Design. I went to do a game jam there, and this this one black artist was showing me some of his work, and I was like, "Man, one thing I noticed, man, black artists are really always awesome with earth tones." And we just <laughs> laughed because it's like, is that, is that it's a weird observation, but it's a little bit true, you know. You look at like, <laughs> like African art with all these awesome like brown, brown and green looks really nice. Man, it's all over there. <laughs> It's always beautiful. I, I do like earth tones, though, just so you know. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> I, and, I'm black, and I'm black as well, so I guess that's what it is. <laughs> oh, black sheriff? No. Hey, man, I like how I met your mother. Right, rock, so rock that's just how you know, we have our things. What was that? What did you say, Max? Hey, man, I liked how I met your mother, and I'm white, so like we just have our things. <laughs> I love how I met your mother. That was a great show. I'm ashamed to say I like that show because like it, it, it was like all of it was just funny enough. You know, right, right. Never really challenging, but hey, they did a great job. So they but, did. Oh boy. Um, what are your thoughts on um, what's that? Uh, you watch? Are you watching Gotham? Pick? Nah, nah, I haven't no. seen Gotham. You haven't I don't, seen watch, Gotham, I don't watch Gotham either. Okay. Just don't be. Don't don't worry about it. Walking Dead. Are you a Walking Dead fan? Oh man, you know, I fell I fell short in like, I think season four. Yeah, but I mean. <laughs> Uh, certain things I watched, I'm like, mm, okay, I watch it for a different reason now. <laughs> yeah, but what, sure. what kind of things do you watch? The news is bad for you, but TV, you know, it's yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't. Yeah, the news is. Yeah. I don't like to watch the news either. Yeah, yeah but I actually, no, that, that's a separate point. But um, I was, I was an enormous fan of Mr. Robot this year. That was oh, great show. I never saw Mr. Robot. Uh, I like yeah, to describe it show. as the best possible Fight Club fan fiction. I have not seen Mr. Robot. I'm gonna yeah, check that out. That was great. Uh, we didn't catch on demand. The, yeah, on demand. You probably have to on demand that. I'll, I'll on demand that. We missed like the last four episodes, but Christian Slater was awesome in that uh, show. Christian Slater, okay. Yeah. Kind of had a rebirth with that. Yeah, I thought I thought for a minute he was too like a team, you know, cartoony, but there's there's a good reason for that. So I'm I'll just yeah. I'll just let it let, let it stick, <laughs> you know. Let it, let, well, let it rest there. Just, uh, tell everyone, just go watch 10 hours of TV and then come back to your lives tomorrow. Right. Your homework's <laughs> not everyone in the universe. Well, so, um, so what shows, well, other than Mr. Robot, what else do you watch? Um, Let me see. Like, what was, uh, 
I'm trying to think of what was like real committed week to week, but I kind of show up late at these things. You know what I mean? Right. Then you just kind of like, eh, whatever. Yeah. I was about to be like, oh, snap. But I'm like, oh, the little girl. So I don't know. <laughs> you're okay. The, no, you're fine. Did you guys, did you, you guys watch The Leftovers? No, that's no. I haven't seen that. Okay. I've seen Left, previous. The leftover season one is season two is what just completed, but season one is TV that I thought was visionary, but I wouldn't recommend it to people because <laughs> it it was essentially a demonstration of everyone working as hard as they can to stick in a wallowing place with as aggressive right. coping mechanisms as possible, and like having a history of depression. I'm watching this going. This is the most amazing show. I don't want anybody else to watch ever in their lives. <laughs> it was just, it was glorious. It was beautiful, and it was just macabre and terrible and sad. And yeah, and season two yeah. was all about coping and like getting past it. And it uh, it was a complete pivot, and it was an amazing accomplishment. And it's getting like spooky. It's getting like mystic. There's a moment where he's basically having schizophrenic uh visions of other people in his life of people who uh. died and are talking to him and he has one um black man in the woods witch doctor telling him you got <laughs> demons haunting you you got to go to the other side and confront them and then he has oh, his wow. ex and then he has his ex-wife a uh, psychiatrist who's telling him you don't need magic you need drugs and therapy and it's, <laughs> right it's amazing sort of nexus of what Maybe it's because I'm exposed to a lot more weird opinions, particularly through my show, but yeah, it feels yeah. so much like this sort of nexus that we're living in right now where like someone called a return to clairvoyance, which is way too positive a spin, but it's like mm. we have a weird, I feel like superstition's coming back in a kind of a powerful way these days. And right, right. Like, and I think the plot of like Game of Thrones is kind of symbolizing that, you know? Yeah, just returning mm. to the world. The dragons reborn as like former yeah. magicians can now shoot fire from their hands for real. You know, right, right. And, uh, and it's just a weird theme that's like getting pushed from sort of like the top down in these shows. You know, like uh, <clears throat> like um, we're starting to see uh, psychoactive um, recreational drugs be much more not only stigmatized but also legalized between yeah. like marijuana use and Alaska Except and Denver and DC. Yeah. Um, their efforts, we actually interviewed one gentleman who, uh, Dr. Neil Goldsmith, who uh, works for maps.org to try to uh, formalize psilocybin or magic mushrooms as medicinal therapy for PTSD <laughs> and COVID yeah, oh, yeah. near death. And yeah. it's like this, that, that stuff's like so insane to me because it's like, the only way you can possibly scientifically explain like an acid trip or a mushroom trip would be to say, we measured them beforehand before they felt bad. Later they felt good. We took, right, paper, right. we wrote the paper. Now it's science, you know? Right. And like, it's so completely subjective. I don't think there's any way yeah. to like, make real science out of that, but in some ways it's kind of how medicine already works with psychiatric drugs. Yeah. Like, yeah. Now really you're right. They don't really have a causation relationship to it. They just have, well, the mind is coping better, and now it's addicted mm -hmm. to this, but it's good. It's back to normal, so we have to keep it going there. Right, right. So, like, I don't, yeah. I don't support Scientologists and stuff who are like telling us that like doctors have been the ones to like, you know, warp our minds away from our like pure spirituality. Right. But I mean, 
the reason that they're successful is that, you know, people are, I think they are kind of, you know, spiritually sick, maybe psychologically, you know? And, yeah. Most definitely a Tom yeah. Cruise case in point for him, right? Yeah. <laughs> guy's freaking nuts. His stuff, you know? Yeah. I was watching a, you were talking about Scientology. I was talking about, I was watching this documentary with, uh, was it going clear? Uh, I'm sorry. Was it going clear on HBO? No, no, no. It was on ABC, I think. And it was about, uh, the girl, I, Leah, I can't pronounce her last name for the life of me right now. Um, she came out on Kings and Queens, Kings of Queens or Kings and Queens with Remini. Yeah, you go her. Lee Remini. She, That's my girl. Yeah. She was talking, <laughs> she was my girl back on the Save by the Bell days. Um, <laughs> she, uh, she was a Scientologist and then she switched from Scientology and went back and like, it was, she was, it was almost like a cult the way they operate over there. Almost. Very much like a cult. <laughs> Pretty much. It was. Yeah. It yeah. was bizarre. That is the, uh, everyone wants to be part of something big. Everyone wants to be part of a success. You know? Right. Yeah. You've been having been, haven't haven't seen you all my life. <laughs> Excuse right. Me. I'm being, I'm being a prick right now. Pardon no, me. you're good. <laughs> yeah. You're good. You're good. So, so I mean, how, what, what, what kind of got you into the podcasting? What, what pushed you into this? It was, uh, it was, uh, really, I, it was not my idea to begin with, but I think it felt okay. like more of a calling for me after the fact. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just felt right. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Just, um, getting, I mean, getting people's heads. So do you do it to, uh, all right, for me, I, I like to discuss things that are, you know, important to everybody, but like, I don't know, like, I guess for me, culturally, since I'm, I'm half black and half Filipino, I always got to kind of go that route. Sure. Um, and not to, it happens to everybody, but it just feels like it happens a lot more to us. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> or I just see a lot, or I hear about it a lot more. I don't know what it is, but so yeah. I kind of levitate that way. Well, man, um, you know, call bullshit bullshit, right? Yeah, yeah. Have you have you heard um have you heard Donald Glover's jokes on uh the black girls of different cultures? The who's the black girls of every culture? Uh-uh. <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> Don- Donald Glover, uh, one of his songs, Freaks and Geeks. Uh, oh, there's a lyric says, "I'm down with the black girls of every single culture," and he explained that in a stand-up set where he said, uh, <laughs> "He said he's like, yeah, because like, you know, Filipinos are like the black girls of Asians." Uh huh. Yeah, he goes, uh, and Armenians are like the black girls of white girls. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, wow. That's yeah. hilarious. There you go. That is crazy. I do oh, consider yeah. Filipino. For me, I, I consider Filipinos like uh, a little bit more hood than the the the, eight, the Japanese and Chinese. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just me. Whereas, does that make uh, South Korea the suburbs? <laughs> yes. Pretty much. Yes. <laughs> yes. Hmm. Yeah, um, they they all went to private school and they're all overdoing uh, drugs and EDM, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, do they do EDM in Korea? I'm just thinking of, uh, I guess, oh, yeah, K-pop pop music. I don't know. K-pop. Oh yeah, K-pop man, K-pop. it's real popular. Yeah, hell yeah. I know a girl that goes crazy. She goes crazy over that stuff. Oh man, hell it's yeah. like huge. Gangnam Style gets so many views that YouTube had to rewrite their uh, database backend for counting video views. Really? Wow. It rolled over a 32-bit integer, which is 2 to wow. the power of 32, which is like 4 <laughs> billion or something. Wow. So as soon as I got to like 2.5 billion, it suddenly jumped to negative 2.5 billion <laughs> because it's a signed integer. And they're like, oh, we got to add a bit. <laughs> gotta, right. gotta make this that song was thing. incredibly popular. 
Yeah. Yeah. I've heard some stuff, man. It sounds pretty good. I mean, I have a friend that, or some, somebody I know that has, that listens to that stuff, and I've heard it. I'm like, okay. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's not my thing. This is a new world for me because it's like now that I have access to talk to like K pop musicians if I wanted to, and I might yeah. end up talking to one by accident, it's like, man. If it's not your thing you suddenly can't be a hater anymore you know no. you can't just like can't just be like you know man i i hate it like everyone wants to hate right yeah, so fast yeah. like <laughs> right, right. so quick like okay uh, help it I, I have a point somewhere i have a point with this i can get it to you have a world. point and you get to it yeah arrive at so, the point so like <laughs> you, you had mentioned earlier the interview with um laura bailey from uh that expose uh, she was a for- voice actually no laura bailey was a uh, voice actress who was in halo 5 okay 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 and i had told her that i was so angry with patrick rothfuss for not releasing book three of the king killer chronicles and she's like yeah i got to talk to him about it you know and i'm like oh yeah because all of his fans are psycho telling him to like quit everything in his life and just write instead and i'm like man if you can actually talk to the person you realize how fucking inappropriate that is as a human being to have that commentary to your heroes you know like right do you guys read the game of thrones books no i watched the show that's probably it's probably my favorite show i i, I don't read much max i just want to keep it real with you <laughs> that's cool you know? i need to uh, I mean, it's only the thing that's going to further further stimulate your mind and like open you up to new like sort of worlds and capabilities. But it's cool, no worries. No, I'm just I'm just bullshit. I I, I, bullshit. I just haven't read that though. <laughs> but it's like George Martin hasn't written a book in like or hasn't released a book in what five six years? Was it mm. 2004 for book five? And now the TV show is caught up. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Oh, right. That's why there's this big delay or big dilemma yeah. like where people think the show's done right right done. I thought they were coming out in April. No, I, I think that was like the the rumor, or, or not the rumor, but people. I remember seeing on my Facebook feed people saying, "Hey, the Game of Thrones is they're, they're caught up to the the books they or whatever. The they're going to do yeah. another one." The final scene of the final season was the final chapter, of the last book. So wow, yeah, yeah. If they're small, I mean, I'm sure they're going to come back with something. Well, there's more. There's there's more stuff yeah. that they totally skipped over, which got, yeah, which got teased on Instagram by an actress who hasn't re- returned, who we all expected oh. to, and then we're like, what the fuck? Wow. <laughs> You're playing with my emotions, particularly because I watch that show at a bar locally where we have a bingo game where oh, whenever, wow. whenever a show cliche comes on, we get a space. And, <laughs> and like, I helped him write the board, so one of the spaces was the return of this character as a different character, and I was waiting for it. It's going to give me bingo. We call it Stark. But I was waiting for it, right? <laughs> and right when Arya finally arrives at freaking Bravos, and like I'm waiting for it, and wait for it, it doesn't happen. I'm like, what the fuck? Right. right. I was gonna have bingo. I was gonna win the prize. I didn't get to us. I know. Man. I know how. I know how vague I'm being. No, 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 no. I mean, you're just competitive. I know. I know how that feels. <laughs> I, feel that same, I feel that same way when I lose my match in an NBA 2K or Madden or something. Oh, or one God. of those, one of those games. Or Tech Mobile. Let's go Tech Mobile. Tech Mobile. Man, keeping it old school. Definitely. I'm all about those eight big games, bro. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, man. So, so, uh, well, uh, what else? What? Well, so I mean, this your season. How, well, this hiatus that you guys are on with Comcastro. How long? I mean, going back into it, these episodes that you're going to have. What's the time span? Do you all plan on that as well, or you're taking another break after so many months again? 
Oh no, we're just gonna get ahead of the curve, you know. So as soon as um, there's a good way, there's a good amount of like material to put out there, um, ready to go, like much more than otherwise. Uh, it's it's all gonna launch essentially early February, nice. and it's just gonna essentially be more or less constant stream after that. Um, cool. Just uh, focusing on pr- production and publishing, and uh, yeah. We've gotten, we've heard from a lot of people, and a lot of people are frustrated that we haven't shared their their opinions yet. So we're very, uh, very happy to uh, wrap up that loose end. Definitely, <laughs> and um, so I think y'all talked about the podcasting thing. I mean, what? So what? What does what? What exactly? I missed that part. So what exactly jump started you into it? Oh, into podcasting. I was uh, uh I told you um. My my good friend Matthew Queen, who had right, a that's right. very funny joke about Com Castro. Um, right. He he listens to podcasts as he works out and is basically saying, you know, there's a lot of out a lot of these out there and I don't know if like I don't know if any of these are better than our conversation. Should we just go for it? I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, what should we do? And start theorizing about uh uh the what North am- Korean hacks being a giant conspiracy uh, by James Franco to try to bring the Marvel, f- to bring down the Spider-Man franchise as if he is the Green Goblin to return <laughs> it into the hands of Marvel Studios, <laughs> <laughs> which was topical in January, <laughs> right? But uh, and but we we was he's a lawyer and I'm an engineer, so we had we had this like thought of oh it can kind of be like you know politics and technology and we realized real quickly we ran out of stuff to talk about about that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so we in, we'd invite guests and it just got kind of random between um uh between local artists um scientists politicians and mm. um we actually <clears throat> uh we had we had spoken to a local city city hall uh, a city council member who may or may not be running for mayor soon and apparently that had impressed enough people locally that they included us in a um issue of atlanta magazine in november just talking about you know local podcasts you guys should listen to and that was a a real special treat hey i'm ryan reynolds at mint mobile we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does they charge you a lot we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. We're so thankful for that all, to the, all those guys. Um, but just getting it started was, you know, just, just kind of random sometimes, you know, just uh, it's not like I got a vision. It was one of those kind of right. figure it out as you go, I think. And I think most podcasts are going to like that, unfortunately, but. It's kind of funny because we've done a few interviews with some people with podcasts and they've all kind of said the same type of thing. And yeah, we, that's how we did ours as well. Yeah. Yeah. 
um if if there are more to come they will have a much more concrete plan okay, i like when hackers are kind of authentic right like uh elysium all the awesome tech for all the awesome bootleg tech had like command line interfaces you're talking about elysium you said yeah yeah a different movie the matt damon i saw that what was that one that's the one with matt damon right i think which one was that that's when he got to get the little uh the robotic stuff put on his body and he had to go up to the different world a different uh city like the rich had like super medicine in space right 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 okay that's what it was okay lived on the planet and uh yeah that was kind of crazy yeah that, it was the same guy who made District Nine, I believe. Oh, District Nine is my show. Right, movie right there, yeah, yeah, it's good. That, yeah, uh, that's right. It is the guy. I had, yeah, heard, I had heard that at the end of District Nine, when they're doing all these interviews, where people are just hating the aliens, that he had actually just asked people about an actual refugee population in the country. Yeah. And so it's, when everyone's flipping out about how much they hate these people, he just used that verbatim in the movie about the alien <laughs> refugees. What's crazy is that's exactly how it would be. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, that's that's weird. I was my side. I was like, "Well, that's how we re- actually treat them too." Well, That'd be the- yeah, uh, things are getting They're real, worse though, than right? That. Like with uh, everyone fleeing Syria into the rest of Europe. Ooh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's gonna be that's gonna be interesting. Well, it's like the uh, the humanitarian in me is like, well, of course you should come to the aid of people who suffer, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, and the practical side of me is like. Well, for a European country who's worked really hard to create a social safety net or social just balance for different classes, showing up with a million new people at the bottom class kind of ruins your existing labor pool, kind of will create natural, you know, violence. People who can't get to work will, I mean, practically people, people who are idle for too long cause problems. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And, um, you know, whether, whether you're just, whether you're a local or a refugee or anything. And, uh, mm-hmm. it's, <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be very interesting to see. It sounds a lot like the plot to Terminator, what we're talking about here with Skynet or something. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm, just kidding. I'm kidding. Like, are, I'm are, kidding. We, are we going to the full singularity now? Where we, I think we are. I think we're, I think we're going to do that. <laughs> then the next the, thing we'll talk about is total recall going to Mars. Yeah. It's, right. it's the solution to the refugee problem to insert all their consciousnesses into a digital format so we can store them in the cloud where they'll exist instead of. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Yeah. That'll work. We're going to have to well, have like a tax for occupying too much physical uh, existence in this world. And so just return to the cloud in order to sort of uh, save on cash. <laughs> Well, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking so because all these companies want to use cloud services. So why not? Why don't humans invest in that? Yeah, then, well, I guess. they're going to try to charge us for keeping our consciousness in the cloud, you know, so that we can access, you know, every porn that ever existed forever. But that's the Matrix right there. Yeah, the Matrix. Look at that. See, now we've come full circle with the Matrix. <laughs> I fucking love the Matrix, man. Brains in that. I do too. I saw that movie as like a early teenager, and that was pretty formative for like my whole like vision or like yeah. growing up for that. Yeah, one of my favorite uh series or uh yeah like every now and then i see a movie and i just think i hope i hope there's a kid like watching this right at the moment he's getting interested in like art film stuff like this and that like being like a pushing force right yeah (laughs) and it blows his mind and he has to watch it several times to understand what exactly (laughs) they're referring to yeah i remember watching the matrix way too many times yeah i still watch it yeah man good for you the the whole uh <laughs> the conversation that he has with the architect that was just like oh, that was crazy yeah <laughs> did you see the no did you see the Saturday Night Live version with uh, Will Ferrell uh, no was that Saturday Night Live or was that the intro to the MTV Awards oh shoot you know what it was the intro to MTV okay, yeah you're right it was Justin Timberlake it was one of those right? but 
Oh my God, it was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was the best thing ever. I was like, wow. Yeah. Are you serious? Will Ferrell's pretty mind blowing. Uh, that was hilarious. <laughs> when you try his... to be funny and then you see what he does, you suddenly get way too much stuff's going on. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and and to me, sometimes he's do, he's even funny when he's not even trying at all. But like you're, I mean, just. He just looks funny. Yeah. So. <laughs> yep. You put him with Kevin Hart, it's like, okay, two funny looking dudes. One's <laughs> yeah. 6'9, one's like 4'3. And... Yeah. You see, um, you see Ice Cube and Kevin Hart and Conan O'Brien fuck with that girl getting driver's driver's lessons? No, I didn't see that one. Conan O'Brien, no. he has one of his staff members, she's getting her driver's license. So he has oh. her drive him around as he gives horrible pointers to her. And then he picks up Ice Cube and Kevin Hart. And then she drives them all to his dispensary to pick up weed as they get high in the back. <laughs> and she's driving around. And Kevin Hart is like fucking with cops <laughs> on the street. So they're all hotboxing the car. But the thing is, the cops are all huge Kevin Hart fans, so they don't give a fuck. Oh, I gotta, uh, that's crazy. I got to see that one. Yeah. Uh, at one point, at one point they, uh, they asked they the at? girl, what's your favorite fast food? Because they're all getting the munchies. <laughs> all getting the munchies. Like, what's your favorite fast food? And she's like, uh, Popeyes. Kevin Hart freaks out. He's like, Popeyes. Oh, what about that? I about married you, girl. <laughs> yeah, like what? Popeyes. Like that, that is not what I expect you to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, does it does it ever does it ever feel like? Do you ever feel like you're betraying someone by living up to a stereotype? You know, it's like, uh, yeah, listen, listen, people, stereotypes yeah. are bullshit. But you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna defend my right to love fried chicken. God damn it. That's right. No one, yeah. You, no one can. You know, I feel that way on um, some Saturday mornings when I get breakfast tacos, and breakfast I'm, living, tacos. I'm living up to my Hispanic heritage <laughs> when I get those breakfast tacos. But it's good. Fuck it is good. Breakfast tacos. Tacos. Tacos is my favorite kind of food. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, we got plenty out down here for you. Oh yeah. San Antonio's got nothing but mm-hmm. a lot of it. We got. Well, man, we got new Asian fusion over here. So we got, oh, yeah. We got some solid uh, Korean fusion tacos. <laughs> what those are pretty fucking excellent uh korean food and taco form really well done we got a barbecue place down here that's doing like full on southern barbecue with a heavy asian influence so everything's got heavy amounts of like kimchi vegetables and like different oh wow influences in that. really and it's, it's so amazingly good and like the sides to it are not like super carbohydrate loaded so you don't feel like ass after eating too much Right. You know? So mind blowing shit. It uh, just plugs for everything in Atlanta. There you go. Heirloom there you go. Barbecue. <laughs> Max Maximus Groves endorses Atlanta. Right. Circle K. Yeah, that in there. Circle K. <laughs> <laughs> a few of those around. I haven't seen one. some of those around? Yeah. I haven't been in Atlanta in about, it's been a while, 10 years. Mm. I've never even been. Yeah. Mm. Good town. Yeah, Good town. Lots of, lots of stuff to do. Never ends. Yeah, lots of stuff to do. Yeah. Well, what part of I mean, Texas are you guys in? We are in San Antonio, Texas. San Antonio. That is probably like uh, South Central Texas, almost Central Texas, going up to the hill country part of Texas. I mean, we're South Texas. We're two hours from the border, so yeah, we're, we're yeah, South Texas. We're, we're actually four hours from the border. Are we? Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're close. We're close to the border. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so you guys see the? You guys are on the front lines of changing populations from uh, entering. Yep. Entering uh, different, entering Mexicans. Yeah, we can see the wall that Trump put up. So, how's it look? Is it beautiful? Like, <laughs> it's got windows and everything. You can see right. See it's, the, it's got the graffiti yeah. up. Everything. <laughs> They're already making their imprint there. Yeah, 
What do you think about that? Uh, that uh, the presidential race. Who do you think our next president's going to be? Um, it's really if you, if you even care about it. But I mean, people people probably should care. It's just um, I get this feeling that so the TV watching uh, demographic is become an extreme minority of the population. Yeah, to the point where the only yeah. people who watch television are the retired. Yeah, Which, yeah, uh, and when you start with that um, statistic, because like they've they've said that the median age of Fox News viewers are sixty five. Really? Well, yeah, I could. I, I, yeah, they half are. Half of everyone who watches Fox News is older than sixty five. Wow! Wow! Like, and suddenly, like everything about the programming suddenly makes sense. Like, yep. it no longer seems like a complete malicious like way to reshape the public even though it may be it <laughs> now looks like just trying to be successful news, like successful product. Right. And like, right. And, and it's like, seems in so many places where like, it looks like just plain evil really just boils down to survival, making it work, you know, yeah, it's so trying like, to survive. Yeah. And the news itself as an entity is like the fact that Donald Trump becomes such a fascination to them just says to me the just general it just seems like the news is over and yeah. this guy and everything he yeah. does just seems like a 9-11 every day yeah pretty much so, yeah. like covering this guy is going to do everything possible just to be an interesting story which he's he is fascinating you know the guy's nothing but word salad for he's the yeah. id of republican ethos right yeah like uh it's just uh, I, I remember seeing coverage of one of his rallies where all it is is a giant um, non sequitur jump from rage bait, rage bait, rage bait to get everyone. Yes. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. You know. They had some uh, protesters. They threw them out and everything. I mean, it was, I saw that. That was pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. It's, 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 I can't see him as president though. I, I just, can't either. I'm not sure I want him to be our president. Just, I like the guy, some other aspects, but I, well, I just can't see him as president. It doesn't, compute for me i mean uh person i got a little bit of a bias mostly from um technology stuff but it, it is disheartening to see but the front runners of both the republican and democratic uh campaigns or parties to be essentially arguing that cryptography is a national security threat you know? mm. like um trump is saying that we, he's got to call bill gates to close down the internet Right, right, right. Clinton saying we need a new Manhattan project to break all the codes. Right. Um, which I like Bernie Sanders actually. Bernie Sanders is a fascinating character because apparently, like nobody, anyone who knows him doesn't like him that much. Like they like him, <laughs> like they like him because of his values and because he's the most, um, probably the most virtuous politician ever. When it comes to these are my values and this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm not worried about making relationships. I'm worried about what I believe in. Yeah. But yeah. he's also possibly the most like boring guy <laughs> because of this, right? It's I'm like, good with that though. Hey, hey, what are you what are you oh of course, absolutely. When it comes to like leadership wise, uh it's just that's what I'm saying. it's very yeah. funny that in a in a position that's become so much around building a personality cult around yourself, you know, like Bill Clinton has got to be super folksy, you know, Barack Obama has got to be like sort of like the American man intellectual who has a beer with you to yeah. feel out the problems, you know, right. like, uh, that Bernie Sanders, a man who, if you ask him about anything, he will only ever answer income inequality. <laughs> <laughs> years. A man who's like 70, he's, he's above 70. 
you know? Like, yeah, yeah, he's, he's old. old. He's old. Wow. Yeah, he's old. It's, um, I, I think he's. I think I am very impressed, and I'm, I love Bernie Sanders. It's just I have interacted with a lot of seventy-year-olds, and like it, it becomes a very sort of like very fixed view on a lot of things, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I guess I, I guess I like his view more than the others. I guess absolutely. I mean, just imagine Donald Trump like yelling at you know <laughs> Al Qaeda or something. You know what I mean? Like or whoever, some group like that with his thick. I don't, thick I don't, I don't take Donald Trump seriously. I take Bernie Sanders seriously. Yeah, no, for sure. That's what I'm saying. But it's crazy, you know. Because <laughs> uh, Killer Mike was uh, speaking. Yep. Killer Mike. Killer Mike. Killer Mike introduced yep. him at a rally here at, in Atlanta at the Fox Theater. Mm-hmm. And he also interviewed with, he interviewed him for a piece. I don't know who was it for. And Killer Mike was interviewed on uh, Colbert on CBS where he basically yeah, I saw was, that. Yeah, arguing Bernie Sanders is the closest to the modern realization of Dr. Dr. King's hopes. Yeah. I wow. saw, I saw, she saw that uh, interview. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, he, I think Killer Mike actually brought up that, uh, that blue eye brown eye experiment. Did you see that? Have you ever heard about that? Uh, no. Please. Yeah, go ahead and uh, remind us. Well, I don't know. Max doesn't know. So, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so basically, a teacher, a uh, white lady back in 1950 or 1960, uh, decided to do an experiment. She said she was a history teacher. She was teaching the kids about history. And um, she felt like she had the kids interact or, re- or enact a racial situation or discriminational situation and had the kids treat each other in such a way. Um, and she labeled them a certain certain way, you know, whether they were black or white or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she decided to change it up a little bit. She said, let's do it by eyes, by eye color, blue eye, brown eye kids. And we're going to treat the blue eye kids a certain way. We're going to treat the brown eye kids a certain way and see how, see how it happens. So, and she flip-flopped it the next day as well to see, and they had them do schoolwork and all that stuff. And it was kind of interesting how the kids that were being discriminated against were low performing the next day after they were high performers the day before. It was kind of interesting how that worked. So she started doing it with adults now. Oh yeah. The the concept of um uh being living up to the, the expectations upon you in education. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. Cited very frequently so, for like women in math. Mm-hmm. And, um, so she does adults now as well and she's been doing it fifty years, man. It's pretty interesting because she'll do it, you know, with grown folks and this it's like wow. It's eye-opening um, just to see how people are treated and how people react to it. And, you know, you react just like anybody else will react. Yeah. You know, it's, well, it's yeah. it's a tricky thing. It's like you want to – because, like, it's systemic, you know? Like, mm-hmm. you can't if, – if schools are going to be, you know, shitty or good regionally and <laughs> you're going to be, you know, raised in a place that your challenges aren't academic, your challenges are, like, let's just say, like, you know, survival – yeah like, yeah um it's not going to mm. be a path into you know bigger challenges later on you know you're yeah not, you're not going to be building a a mars spacecraft <laughs> no no nope and then when you get to a situation 20 years later when people are saying like where's the work i can do you know where how can like this take care of me it's like well go build a Mars spacecraft while I can't, you know, right. it's like, who's responsible now? Yep. Like is, uh, is the system at large responsible? Do, do, do we have to, is there a means to get people to a place where, you know, they can take charge of their own lives or do we, are we going to have perpetually sort of like, you know, 
an overextended laborer underclass that, you know, needs constant new trade uh, development, you know? I mean, because like we're, we're ranked, what, 17th or 18th in the world in education? I mean, that's well, or something I mean, like that. People, the people ranked like 1 that. through 17 have got pretty, it's like the whole nation is a suburb. Right. You know? Yeah. Like true. Norway, Denmark. But, uh, yeah. It's like these places, right. these places have one class. That's true. That's um, true. It just it just sounds bad, you know. It's just like, and I grew up in it, so it's kind of like, mm, yeah. you know, I'm not taught in it. You know, my girl's a, a principal, so yeah. we see a lot of stuff that's systemically already integrated into the school system and all that stuff, and we're kind of like, wow, you know, yeah. how, how can we change this from yeah. within? Did you guys read the yeah. New Yorker piece on the um, on the teacher who is he's the guy who one of the teachers at the core of the Atlanta public schools cheating scandal. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> that was a good, Jeez. that's a good article. Um, basically detailing his efforts to Great try situation. to bottom up, reshape educational pride and values in a community and being roped into what was a top down uh, fraud from the administration saying success is what matters. You know, it's like make the numbers mm. work, get the funding to make this work. Right. It is the most amazing irony, the no child left behind policy, because yep. when something is failing, it needs more help. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so when a, when a school's standards are failing to deprive funds basically means you are faded to forever being stuck. So now you either mm. must close or something else. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so this guy was trying to manipulate to get funding for education. Uh, his superiors put him in a situation where they were all, required to change student test scores in order yeah. to um, increase the uh, school's funding in the system. And the wow. and the superintendent who was in charge of it uh, died of cancer before uh, going to uh, court for it. Dang. Yeah. And it, yeah. That was huge. That was a big thing. That was... That was what three or four years ago, man. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, four mm-hmm. or five. They were actually just sentenced. To, yeah. uh, they were sentenced in two thousand five, fifteen. Excuse me. Uh, they were sentenced to this, uh, mid. It was like year. a lot. It was like thirty people, right? It was a lot of people too. Was, yep. Um, anyone who didn't plead guilty, uh, there was a major, <clears throat> major early sentence, and then a lesser later one. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, basically, yeah. at that point, um, justice is about how much you humiliated the state. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. they take this stuff seriously. Well, I mean, you know, Edward Snowden is perceived as a criminal because he's humiliated the powerful. <laughs> right. Yeah. What he's really done is said things that are true. Yeah, you know? exposed some things, yeah. Technically not a crime in the United States, but he's nope. treated as one because it humiliates us. Made me look bad. Yeah, you made him look bad. So yeah, like ultimately the the real crime is you know humiliating the powerful, which yep. which is a lesson you know for all of us. Yeah, I mean, yeah, watch what you do. Yes, that's definitely. Uh, well, I don't know if it's like because you, sh- you need to always live with intention, you know. And uh, he definitely is. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I and mean, if that's you know the risk, so if that's the risk you're willing to take, you know, yeah. hey. Like, um, like I, like there's situations like, um, I think my, I think the least popular opinion that I hold personally is that, um, it it usually all involves computer crime, but like, 
you, you guys probably won't like this, but so child pornography is illegal to possess, like by default. Right. But anyone can access your computer and put it there. And now, um, and now you're a criminal for possessing it for not having tried to do that. Wow. And very often prosecutors are smart about this, but very often they're not, you know? Um, and I think, I think the most interesting case was probably 10 years ago where a boy had downloaded a mislabeled pornographic video that turned out to be child pornography that he immediately deletes, which apparently must have been an FBI honeypot because then they arrest the kid and they tell him to just plead guilty and take like a f- five year sentence because no one will. What? Yeah. Wow. Wow. It's like, it's like the worst possible application of justice in a situation that has a, min- a mandatory minimum and criminalized just for possession. And it's, uh, Even though I haven't had any of that in the last 25 years, just one day. Yeah. I mean, you know, just like say that was on my computer one day and like, I haven't even, I've never ever looked at that in my history of my computing. Hmm. Like, yeah. Well, like it, it happens more um, often nowadays where like, if you say something that pisses people off, they like someone will go um, access your router, get a- public access to your computer and then upload some stuff. Then the oh. FBI will raid you and then they'll see that it was all like um, hoaxed by somebody else. And then they'll like be smart about it, but they don't have to be, you know? Right. right. So that's like NSA stuff, but beyond. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, a, well, for instance, um, Google as a business downloads the entire internet like that's how they make Mm -hmm. things work so so anything online that's illegal they have downloaded and they have possession of (laughs) (laughs) they download the internet download the entire internet they wow uh, i think every often yeah um like 10 to 20 about 10 years ago it was every four days they got through the whole thing (laughs) um these days there might be more stuff out there but uh, but like, so when they emerged, like Yahoo as a system was just like the yellow pages, the directory list websites, get them in the thing. That's how you find them. Yeah. Right. Google said we can do this better. They downloaded the whole internet, wrote AI bots that just analyzed every link, every text on the link and where every link went and where they connected to and built essentially a list of what the web actually looks like. And they continue to do this. And that was like the core of their whole search algorithm. And yeah. So because they do this, anything that's legal online, they actually are in possession of every bit of um, pirated movie access, every bit of child pornography. But it's like, they should they be prosecuted for this? Of course not. Like, it makes absolutely no. no sense. And they're not. But, you know, like, it's it's vague enough where if someone was enough of a prick, uh, every judge would probably dismiss it. But it's possible, you know. So... That stuff's just kind of messy in the law. Um, usually anytime there's a computer crime involved, uh, especially with the FBI involved, um, things go pretty bad. Like, uh, uh, probably the things mo- do go bad pro- all the time. Probably the most notorious one is when, um, Aaron Schwartz commits suicide based upon the uh, harassment he gets from the FBI after he sets up a bot that just downloads JSTOR articles from MIT. So nothing was ever illegally accessed. It just downloaded educational material and yeah. 
they decided to prosecute him as a hacker criminal and then he just can't stand the heat and kills himself. Mm. Um, and then coincidentally, right after that happens, they open up the whole JSTOR articles for public access. Like, (laughs) right. It's like a, uh, go figure. It's, it's almost like, like, um, one of those Campbellian heroes path journeys, right? (laughs) The personal sacrifice that changes the core of the world. But, uh, you shouldn't glamorize suicide like that, though. Right. <laughs> right. Wow. Well, that stuff's all old news. Um, probably the most interesting stuff today is cryptography, because they think that it's gonna. They think that we're in danger of it, but without it, we can't bank. <laughs> you know. Without, yeah, definitely. I you can't. Technically, definitely we, can't, not, technically we can't bank online. It doesn't really work, but it's functional enough. They got, they got enough things that uh, they, they, they give you enough mulligans if someone frauds your system. So it helps. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now I'm, now I'm all sh- freaking paranoid. I'm going to have to put these firewalls on my routers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't definitely want to protect my system. I don't want stuff getting put in my. Well, if they want you bad enough, I think they'll get you. <laughs> I don't think. They'll... Yeah, that's true. It's, I mean, not, it's not like we have that high technology that they better than theirs. They're going to okay. well, we, download MP3s anymore. So they can't stay. You, you want some sports? So I played rugby in college for about 10 years. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't go to college for 10 years. I did play rugby for about that long. Though. I did. It actually. sounds like Chris Farley. Yeah, he did too. Career student. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> rugby is good shit. You guys ever, you guys ever play or watch that shit? I've watched it. I've never played it though. It's hard to make sense of, isn't it? Uh, a little bit? No, rugby. Like these guys well, are which one? These I'm guys. thinking about. Uh, hold on, these guys are That's th- the one with the little ball at the net with the little thing on the end of the. No, it's like football. Oh, 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 I'm tripping. Yeah, no, I'm not, yeah, no, rugby. Yeah, it's very physically demanding. Though. I played rugby. I just didn't know what it was. Oh, right on. In my backyard, I played it. I just didn't know what it was. <laughs> yeah, we play. We playing football, but yeah, without pads, <laughs> pretty much rugby. Yeah, well, it's it's funny. You have to learn a different form of tackling so you don't die. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Which is the opposite of the NFL. It's like now we'll just build a better helmet so we can hit them as fast as possible to you know break their necks. Yeah, it's it's dangerous, man. I saw I was watching it. I watched it on TV every once in a while. It's big dudes, man, running the ball. I'm like, wow, you know, how are you gonna get this guy down? How do you guys feel about the uh, what was it? I'm so it, essentially it's the new contact rules in general. But I remember seeing you probably you probably do remember this. I think it was a Cincinnati game. Where um, in the game, guy gets hit, and they call him for unsportsmanlike for the contact on the ball. And as a result of that penalty and the next one, they're able to get an easy field goal and win in the playoffs. I think it was the Steelers yeah, versus the Bengals. Yeah, both those are both my teams actually. Um, I thought you're supposed to from one or the other. I thought if you like one, you're supposed to hate the other. Fundamental. No, that's that's no. Every Steelers, fan, every Steelers fan I know says, "Listen, I'll." root for the conference if the Steelers don't make it except for the Bengals. Well see I'm from Ohio, so I'm a Steelers fan that's from Ohio. Yeah. So you are, and my son's aren't, from Cincinnati, so I don't have a I'm not a hater, you know? I, I'm I can't not like, be a hater, man, but it's like aren't you sports sports is the place where we're allowed to hate, all right? People <laughs> fundamentally have a gene that makes them need to hate. All right. Like they can't why would I, they can't get past it. It's a natural tribal thing. And sports is what allows you to express that safely. So, okay, so let me put it to you this way. Like, I'm a Ohio State fan, too, right? I don't hate Michigan. <laughs> so why would I hate those teams I, if they I can't? I have so much love in your heart, man. Is it just? Well, 
Well, it's like this. They they can't beat us. So they haven't been beating us. So why would I hate a team that can't beat us anyway? So, you know. So actually, I have, that's how I look at it. At Georgia Tech, on freshman year, the first, first <laughs> moment you come in, they start getting you screaming to hell with Georgia. Uh, UGA, yeah. They're like, I don't even worry about these little. No. Teams. Although every yeah, well, three, four to eight years, there'll be an upset, though. So that's nice. Right. Now Baltimore is a different story. New England, that's a different story. So, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah, I do. I, I don't really hate them. I just hate playing them because they always win it or they give us a really good game to where you know, mm-hmm. I don't know. This is not an easy win. Yeah. Hell, we Baltimore beat us twice this year and they were terrible. <laughs> so what do you guys? Oh yeah, and then the Falcons bringing down uh, Carolina at the very end, right? Right, yeah. right. I enjoyed that winning when it doesn't count at all. Hell yeah. Right. <laughs> Right. But, uh, so, like, what's your guys' thoughts? And, like, they're doing everything they can to essentially, they're trying to enforce player safety, right? Well, I mean, the Hentonio Brown hit. Now, there was a play there where Shazier hit, uh, I can't remember which running back it was from, uh, or Jeremy Hill or Giovanni Bernard from uh, Cincinnati. That was a bad hit. I mean, he should have been fined or suspended or something for that. And then now, but they were, he was running. He was at least in the act of running the ball. So, you know, he's expecting a hit. Like, do you like, yeah. Uh, do, do you deserve protection if you're running the ball? Unless it's like literally like is, face mask head tackle. Cause you can't even right. close on someone if they're running the ball. Like they've turned it should, right. it's, like a cannonball, you know, they've t- <laughs> I think it should be different cause you're running the ball. So, you know, you're expecting to get hit. Now, Antonio Brown was, he missed the ball. He was exposed yeah. at that point. So the guy should have laid off. I mean, he, he's been known to be aggressive. This is not the first time he's done something like this. So yeah, yeah. This is this is what I was referring to, the one at the very end with Brown. But it's like that right. like it was like zero point three seconds between him missing the ball and getting hit, right? Yeah, but I mean they're athletes. It happens fast. They're they anticipate very well. He could have tried to avoid it. I don't think he and he did a little bit, but it was kind of like I think, I, think he, I think he jerked his neck on that hit. I think he got hit in the shoulder and he jerked his neck to look like it was sloppy. And then the NFL broadcasters are all just they don't really know the sport. They just kind of take lessons from what the NFL needs to say to the public. Yeah. So yeah. That's the dirtiest thing I've ever seen where in fact they're just like making it No, it wasn't it wasn't I don't I don't think it was dirty. I just felt like he could have let up a little bit. I mean because Antonio Brown missed the next game. He didn't play yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. But to to go back with what you were talking about, what they're doing to protect the NFL, I think it's a good thing, especially because they're getting sued by everyone now. Yeah. With the whole head head injury, head trauma and everything. And the movie ain't helping at all either. Concussion. Yeah. Yeah. I mean they uh it's a it's a it's kind of how the sport works. Like it's the only right. reason, the only reason you would even accept this is because of the compensation. Like, right. Like, it's, <laughs> right. like that's the only, like playing in the NFL takes like 20 years off your life. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Especially your knees. Yeah. And just period. You're going to die and you're going to be in pain in a lot of different yeah. ways. And yeah. every year as more competition and more, you know, new talent arrives, you're going to get hit harder. You're going to get broken down worse. And some people will be concussed to the point where they'll commit suicide by shooting themselves in the heart so that their brain can be saved for science. Yeah. Junior say right? Junior say Junior say did that. I mean, it's been a few guys that's, I think, yeah, done that. Brett, now, Brett Favre's coming out and saying, yeah. um, your guy from the Steelers recently. Uh, yeah. Was it Fanica? No, it wasn't Fanica, was it? 
I forgot which receiver it was, but he was saying. Oh, and that was uh, Randall L. Yeah, Antoine. Yeah, Randall L. Yeah. He said that he rather he would have rather played baseball than football just because of all the pain and head trauma he's get coming back with now. Yeah. And well, the thing is, I, just, I don't think you can separate it from the sport. I really don't. Like, uh, I don't think there's a You got to do something, there. though. I mean, you got to try to do something. I mean, well, every, you got to address it somehow. That, well, that all of it, it's a political thing because now it boils down to they're trying to protect what the NFL is to the hearts of the American public. Yeah. 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 This is silly. I mean, it's real power, but like the policies are built more on this protecting this thing than the actual, you know, structure of safety. Well, it makes a lot of money. They're not trying to get rid of that for sure. It's Um, it's probably one of the biggest corporations probably in America. probably. Yeah. And I mean, it's, uh, and really it's, so it's, Honestly, this only matters because women watch the game now. Yeah, if, if women start. You're right. Game, they wouldn't give a more women. Because, yes, I mean, because I mean, you see the uh, the marketing, right? It's like women being fierce, yeah. wearing pink jerseys to their favorite team, right? And right. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a friendly game. It's good for everyone. It's fun for the family. And then and then you got someone's like grandma going, he shouldn't show off like that after doing so hard. And it's like, have you ever like? been glorious in the moment before <laughs> grandma. I mean, fuck. right in the heat of the moment you don't care you just do it don't give a fuck man yeah exactly accomplish the goal you know i mean how what, what was it in like the 70s like they would like someone someone would like get a serious field injury that rip off a piece of their jersey wear that shit and scream and holler like they've just taken out like a rival <laughs> yeah yeah i think that was lyle lazado lyle yeah Back That's in. funny. Man, you can't do that shit anymore. Definitely no, not. no. I like sports. Um, I'm not enough of a fanatic, but I like it. It's good. Good stuff. All right, man. So, uh, uh, well, I mean, we kind of covered a lot of stuff here, Max. Yeah, we don't take up too much of your time. <laughs> yeah, we're running kind of long. Yeah, no. Um, real quick, uh. Where can our listeners, uh, you want to plug any like social yeah. media or your so podcast? Find you like guys. That? Find you. Sure, man. So if you guys are interested in more weirdo opinions like this and more, you can uh, <laughs> hear more from me and my team at Comcastro at Comcastro.com or I'm also on Twitter and Facebook. My Twitter, you can t- tweet me all your hate for all my policy, for all my ideas <laughs> at, uh, at Comcastro Max. Tell me how much of a monster I am. Um, that'd be great. Uh, also at Comcastro shows where you see updates for our latest episodes and stuff. And also at Demi also has uh, like five accounts that she can find uh, all of her stuff through. And um, yeah, she's all over the place on Twitter, man. She, oh, really? She's a champion. Mm. A Twitter cha- it's yeah, actually, it's awesome. actually her birthday today too. Oh, oh happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy, happy 21st. Today, <laughs> yeah, of course. Today as of uh, recording. And um, nice. Cool. Well, shout right. outs to her. Yeah, happy twenty first. Yeah, and everyone, everyone or whatever. Watch Mr. Robot. That's 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 the universe's homework. <laughs> oh, right. I need to go. I do need to watch that. No, you're gonna love that. Show. I've heard good things about it. It's gonna. That's gonna. That is. That's the one. It's gonna blow your mind. <clears throat> really? Yeah. Seriously, Mr. Robot. Yeah, dude, it's great, man. Is it like they call the it, Matrix blew my mind? They call, type they call it like a period piece for today. Huh? Like they're trying to make okay. it as like. Uh, th- the opposite of timeless, like uh, whatever that that would be. <clears throat> yeah. S- setting my DVR right now, <laughs> man. I, All right, Max. I, I hope I haven't talked about too much shit. I don't know anything about. 
No, 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 not at all. I, I mean, people hey, do that. We're, like, we're just they do that shit. You know, we're just podcasters BSing, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been fun, guys. It has been fun. <laughs> Thanks, Max. Yeah, man. Till next time. All right, take care, brother. Thanks, man. Peace out. Yes, sir. Up, Peace. Bro? All right. Thank you very much for being on the podcast, Max. Um, again, follow his, follow them on Twitter. Follow him on Twitter. Uh, check out the podcast. Listen to it. Let him know what you think. Uh, he was a great guest. I uh, hope you enjoyed. And again, for us as well, Pick and Row Show, uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at Pick and Row Show. Um, we also, like again, I mentioned earlier in the podcast, we do have a Snapchat. More snaps coming to you soon, I promise. I promise we won't let you down with that. They'll be entertaining as always. And thank you so much again, guys, for, so continued, for the continued support. We really appreciate it. For Pick and Row... We're pick and row. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.